What is up, guys? It is your host, Zach Lyman of the Zach Lyman Podcast, Lemonade, LimeWire, Lyman's Lounge, whatever names you guys submit. That's me. That's my podcast. That's what you're listening to. That's in your ears. Happy to be back. We're going to be releasing again every Tuesdays and Fridays every week. Wow, Zach, that's a lot of commitment. I know. I don't know how many times I've been like, we're going to do this, and then we don't because I end up going on tour or traveling, but I've already recorded a billion episodes, and I can't wait to release them all every week. And this week's episode is my friend Allison, a comedian in Austin, Texas, and she is very funny and a lovely person to talk to. And in this episode, we talk a lot about traveling. She blows my mind with some ideas. And we also talk about marketing and traveling for marketing and just that whole because we both have that background. So if you're looking for the comedy, open marketing kind of conversation, this is the one. You're going to get little tidbits. They're going to blow your mind. And I, I just enjoy Allison so much. But before we get into her episode, let's have a moment for the sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Quip. Quip is an oral care designed for the modern lifestyle and developed to do the basics better. Delivered fresh every three months for only $5. Get $10 off refills when you sign up using my link, tryquip.com slash Lyman. That's tryquip.com slash Lyman, L-Y-M-A-N. And this episode is also brought to you by BarkBox. BarkBox is committed to making dogs happy, and they work with local and independent businesses to achieve this. For humans, BarkBox is a delivery of four to six natural treats and a super fun curated toy that's wrapped around a surprise theme each month. For dogs, BarkBox is the joy of a million belly scratches. I did not write that joke. Get an extra month free when you use my link, getbarkbox.com slash Lyman. Getbarkbox.com slash L-Y-M-A-N. Now, finally, we can get into the episode with Allison. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. So you're a fellow comedian and you tell jokes. Yeah. (laughs) And you live in Austin, Texas. Yes. And are you from Texas? I am from Austin originally. Yeah. Oh, really? Uh, Have you ever moved outside of Austin? No. uh, I studied abroad one summer and that doesn't really count. (laughs) Where'd you go? I lived in Florence, Italy for a summer. Whoa. That's a pretty dope one to do though yeah it's like the immediate pretentious statement you tell someone like if you want them to hate you <laughs> were you like, studying oh, yeah, uh, lives in florence yeah. were you studying art history i was studying theater shakespeare and theater oh um, yeah very yeah, real so, yeah exactly <laughs> it's like the worst nose up in the air yeah but it was fun and <laughs> we got to like go study romeo and juliet in verona which was cool and that's nuts you know that's like yeah. real like hands-on it's like in the movies when the teacher's like yeah. let's take this to the park and then yeah uh, it was magic school bus for like real life adults yeah 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 that's crazy so you were there for a whole semester and then you've never gone back since then 
No, yeah. Well, it was the summer semester, so it was only a couple of months. Oh, okay. um, Yeah, but yeah, I was there and stayed in Italy for all of it. Had some friends that would like go to other countries over the weekends or whatever, but I stayed in Italy. That's typically how I like to travel, which is one thing I like about comedy. If you book it right, you can like spend a week in a new town and kind of get to know the town a little bit and like see what life like is there. Yeah. Life is like there. Yeah, you take it all in, and then, uh, like, in my head, I give everything, like, a grade on a 1 to 10 scale. Like, even when I'm eating, (laughs) if I'm eating something or I'm traveling. Yeah, so I'll be like, uh, oh, Sacramento, okay, 7. And then, like, I know (laughs) other 7s in my head, and it kind of, like, puts it in perspective. Yeah, that, and then (laughs) I'll go, like, would I ever live here? I'm picturing you being the person who's like, yeah, Austin, it's kind of like Denver. No. It's kind of like San Diego, you know, just trying <laughs> to find a similar city that it's relevant to. Uh, <laughs> That's how you equate everything in your head. I do do this thing from traveling. I think it's from traveling so much is that I'll be in a city and then I'll like forget what city I'm in for a moment and I'll like either start heading somewhere and I'll be like, That's in another like I'll be heading to like a restaurant that's not yeah. there. And I'll just be like, Oh right. Cause it's just like <laughs> the buildings look similar or something. Like oh my god. My dumb brain just starts correlating everything together that way. On a, like a level and then I think about like would I move here afterwards? Mm-hmm. And usually after a week I'm like, I think I'm good. So, <laughs> I think I'm fine, actually. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I, Florence, huh. would you go back there? Would you move oh, absolutely. there? Absolutely. Yeah. Really? Absolutely. Do I they have a comedy scene there? I don't know about that one. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was before I was doing comedy. Um, oh, okay. So you were like, I'll move there and just give up comedy and maybe read <laughs> read books and eat different kinds of hey, breads no one really seems to work that much there and they're all probably doing fine financially anyway so <laughs> <laughs> but uh. yeah no I'd, I'd like to go back to visit maybe in uh my later years i can retire and spend some time there but yeah but for right now you're just gonna live in the states for right now yeah me and another comic based in austin actually i think are setting our sights on london next year that's not that's pretty cool yeah yeah, yeah i think we're he wants to move there i mean that's the uk is my favorite part of the world besides like texas yeah so i would so like, that's so dumb, you're the only so person different. that's ever said that <laughs> besides texas i think yeah yeah everyone in the uk thinks i'm a savage like it's hilarious but that's um, funny yeah yeah, i want to put together like a tour first and like tour all of it and then be like maybe stay here for longer times so so this friend like he just did three weeks in london last month and he was talking to the the comics there even the you know the american ones that moved there they're pretty much like able to live off of just comedy because London is such a port city for the rest of the world. So really you might book a gig. Yeah. You might like book a gig in Munich for a weekend. And then the next weekend you're getting called to Dublin and the flight queen, everything is so cheap. Like you, you just, just opened my of, eyes. I didn't know any of that. Yeah. So for him, he like wants to go over there and probably stay. And he was talking to me and I said, look, like I would love to live in that part of the world. I just don't know if that's where I want to settle, but I yeah. think I might end up going over there and doing like a six month deal with him. That'd be great. That's a nice little uh, yeah. run for a bit. I promised myself to not think about moving to other countries until I've seen every state in America. 
Ooh, you know, yeah, because like I'm almost there. I've seen like most of the country, but at the same time, there's places I've never been. So what if I go to like Louisiana and I'm like, these are my people, you know, like what if I like (laughs) I'm like, I I love it here. You know, like I I have that uh, in the back of my mind that I might just stumble into like a town or something somewhere in the country and just blend in. Is Louisiana on the list? Like you still haven't been to Louisiana? I haven't been there now. Okay, so what? Where else is on the list? Where else do you need to go? A lot of like, just buy that. I haven't been deep to south. like, yeah, like I haven't been deep south. Oh, like I've never been to Florida. It's just anywhere over there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like Georgia that's is so like funny. the deepest I've been. That's about it. Yeah, that's so funny to me because like being in Texas, you're just kind of far from everything. So like, yeah, you're <laughs> you are your own state, like your yeah. own country, I should say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of Texans that vehemently believe that, too. They're like, yeah, the Republic of Texas. <laughs> oh, I agree. Every time I've driven through Texas, I'm like, this is another country yeah. I've never <laughs> been to. Because I've been yeah. to, like, Austin a few times now. And then, mm-hmm. like, Dallas and stuff like that. And it's, like, just so crazy different. Yeah. And, uh, Even between the two cities, they're pretty different. But it's just funny, too. Like, I know so many people who move to Austin and that's the only part of Texas they've ever seen and likely the only part they ever will see because they don't (laughs) really like have anything to do with the rest of the state so it's funny like meeting all of these ex-Californians or people coming here and honestly the reason why the city is so liberal you bringing in like all that stuff which is great I love it I love Austin but yeah I have to remind people like you're not living in Texas you're living in Austin it is a very different world if you drive 30 minutes in any direction outside of this city. (laughs) Yeah, I felt that way in Louisville, Kentucky, when I lived there, where I was like, if you just flew into Louisville, and you were like, oh, okay, I I get it. It's kind of a portent vibe. And it's but a a little backwards still in many ways. But it's got some cool like chefs and stuff moving in. But then you drive literally 30 minutes anywhere. (laughs) and all of a sudden you're like in the middle of nowhere and there's like a dude trying to sell you moonshine and you're like what where no the best way like i can describe it so like my day job is like involved in the alternative health space so like (laughs) yeah yeah i know we're about to get woo woo here yeah yeah just Um, rub essential oils on people i got it yeah pretty much yeah like i literally was the social media coordinator for this company called paleo fx which is like Uh this huge paleo conference that happens every year in austin And the weekend that that was happening this year, I also had a friend of mine was getting married and I was one of the bridesmaids. So literally Friday, I was being (laughs) handed butter coffee, watching people walk around barefoot and shirtless, wearing blue blocking like glasses and like talking about the hydrogen in their water. And then I drove 45 minutes to her wedding and it's all of these corn fed boys who were like drunk by noon. And like saying the N word because they think it's funny and like all this ridiculous. Yeah, like all this. And I'm just like, oh, my God, you guys are literally like you're my age. You look like me, but man, you are a different creature. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's just another (laughs) world. So crazy. Yeah. Yeah. We wore cowboy boots in the wedding. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Love them. Love them. It's But it's just a different world. Cowboy boots. Crazy. (laughs) But. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. So like that's uh, because we've talked about this before, but your day job is just like marketing for different companies, right? 
sort of, yeah, yeah, marketing for myself and for a couple other companies. So I actually, this is my last week working with that event company. I resigned. Oh, so yeah. now you're retiring. All of it. Yeah, it feels so nice. <laughs> it was pretty stressful, but now. Yeah, I can only imagine. Like events are super stressful. Yeah, there are a lot to put together. And it was the issue too, where they're like trying to figure out how to make it a profitable event, which is not really what happens usually. Like usually a company has a product and then they will throw an event to just try and bring awareness to that product. And they know the event's going to lose money. Yeah, breaking even is like the great goal. Yeah. 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 So like for us, we are, it was like a full-time year round company based on making money on this one event, which is insane. Yeah, that's crazy. That's like so much because like I've done like trade shows and stuff like that and like design booths and stuff. And it's this like everything's down to the wire and then like the day of. So then it's like you put in like a year's worth of work and then you just hope everyone like for you guys, it would be hope everyone shows up. And then for us, like on the trade show side, it would be like we just hope everyone likes the designs and wants to buy things. Yeah, you know. yeah, that's the thing like you know being on the event team we like it is a huge trade show with like over 200 booths and it's this like insane thing and you want the vendors to feel like they got you know their money's worth for sure yeah. There. You, yeah you want them to feel like they got enough foot traffic and it's it's a whole deal but I'm sure but you yeah, learned so, a lot from doing that though I did I literally learned about the world of digital marketing because of that <laughs> um, yeah yeah so, I can imagine yeah so definitely grateful for that um and because of that you know, I have three other digital marketing clients that I just kind of do social media for outside of that. But that's like going to my company. Yeah. And then on the other side of that, my company does online health coaching as well. So like I'm also one of the people actually practicing the health coaching. Yeah. And all that stuff. But so why yeah, so. why all the health stuff? Like what made you like, go? you know what, I'm going to do marketing and it's going to be for health. Yeah, it, it sounds so funny, like because I grew up as like a theater kid. And all those things. But I also did sports. I grew up doing gymnastics and volleyball and then got to high school and kind of shaved that off and stuck with music and theater. And then when I got to college, I was entering as a theater major. And I think it was just kind of like the insecurity of being a female who wanted to play the lead role and all that stuff. I was never heavy by any means, but I like most young females, I didn't like the way I looked and yeah, all that stuff. So I, I fell into a bout of some disordered eating for a little bit. And this alternative health space, I think I entered it still with kind of a disordered eating mindset. But I knew hmm. in my head that, like, I didn't remember what it was like to eat without rules. So like, I had just imposed so many rules on myself, like you have to eat this many calories a day, you have to work out for this long, da, 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 da. Yeah. And so when I started studying the actual science of nutrition and like how it affects hormones and mood and the way our brain functions and all that stuff, I was like, okay, clearly what I'm doing actually isn't healthy, <laughs> but I also like don't know how to eat without rules. So I kind of just stumbled into this like paleo world and I was like, okay, well, these are still pretty strict eating rules, but they don't allow me to count calories, which is like my main problem right now. So um, I'm just going to start sticking to like a whole foods based diet. And so I kind of like broke out of disordered eating by eating good food. And, you know, as I studied it, I learned like, oh, maybe I actually like should be listening to my body. Who would have thought? And it just kind of pulled me into this whole different world where I'm at the point now where 
I fully acknowledge I was in a disordered eating mindset. I can catch myself if I like start falling into that feedback loop again. Yeah. And I eat a certain way because it makes me feel good. But I have also tested all of the foods that I once cut out. You know, I cut out gluten and dairy and like soy. And like I've added those back into my diet to see how I feel with them. And I just feel better without them. So I choose not to eat them most of the time. Yeah, I but totally get I definitely that. like. Yeah, but I definitely like, especially if I'm traveling shit. Yeah, I'm going to get that giant ice cream cone. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's, so, man, I've talked uh, about that on the podcast before. Just like because I have celiac disease and uh, okay. I had a horrible eating habits beforehand. Mm-hmm. So in like 2011, I got diagnosed. It was like back when like nothing was gluten free. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was just like this. It, yeah, so it was like a nightmare. And so from the years of like traveling for comedy, it's like, you know, you have like go-tos and it's never, you know, it's like gas station junk food yeah. because there's literally like very few choices unless I'm lucky to pack or I know that I'm going to a place that has, you know, it's like I, I know that there's like, for example, the Seattle airport, there's like two restaurants I can eat at in the entire place. Yeah. So like when I'm like flying through there, I know to go to those two. But yeah, yeah it was like this wake up call of just like changing from terrible eating habits to then like learning good eating habits and then like you know what's good and what's bad and then of course like so many gluten-free restaurants end up being vegan restaurants end up being whatever else type of Mm -hmm. restaurant and so then you're like learning about all these other ways of eating and uh yeah it is a nightmare for comedians i'm sure Yeah, I get a lot of flack like from other comedians you know making fun of me for like all that healthy shit she's doing but yeah um, I don't know I mean I, I feel better and it's a thing where I genuinely think like I perform better and think clearer when I'm eating oh, for the sure. way you know so it's just like I treat it now as more of like this is how I take care of my instrument. You can take care of yours however you want, but like, don't worry about what I'm doing for mine. Like, yeah, that was a weird conversation I had the other day at a show. I don't remember where I was at, but it was like, I was talking about like not drinking before a show, you know, that's like Mm -hmm. every normal thing, but then like eating restrictions and stuff. So not only was I like eating healthy, a healthy lunch before the show, I was like not drinking. I was, I don't smoke anything. And then, uh, so the other comics are like already partying hard and it's like noon. And then they're like giving me flack. And I was like, I, I, that was like the exact conversation I had was like, well, no, like I later have to do a job. Yeah. And I noticed that when I cut all these things out, I do a better job and I'm quicker at it. So yeah. it's helpful to me. And so just kind of like flailing around up there and hoping for the best. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. Like I rarely drink. And it's funny because one of my acting jobs here in Austin is with a company called Shitfaced Shakespeare. <laughs> um, so That's people funny. people hear that I'm in that cast and they automatically think I'm like this hard partier. I'm not like I explained to them, look, like, especially once it's a very weird shift. Like anyone in that cast besides me likes to drink recreationally and that's fine. Um, but they all acknowledge that they have treated drinking differently once they were hired by the company, because on a drunk show, you're paid extra to be drunk. <laughs> and you and it like it sounds like the dream job, but like you go into it knowing, OK, the audience tonight is paying mostly to see me they want to see me fuck up this show yeah like i need to be at a level of drunk where i'm cognizant of that to where it's fun and i'm actually drunk and i'm organically doing stupid stuff to try and throw off the sober actors yeah but 
I'm, I can't be so drunk that I'm getting sick on stage or not like I'm incomprehensible or things like that. Um, there's a fine it's, line. It's a fine line. I mean, we have it down to a science. Like I can tell you pretty much exactly how much I'm going to eat and drink before a drunk show for it to be a good show. That's. But that being said, like, for example, I have a drunk show this Saturday and I know I'm going to wake up. I'm going to go train one of my personal training clients. I'm going to give myself a hard workout, eat a good meal go have my whiskey, eat another meal before the show. And then after the show, I'm going to want to go home, possibly eat something else and then pass out. Like, <laughs> I know that's how it's going to go. <laughs> wow. I'm going to have a blast while I'm doing it. But yeah. I'm also like not going to want to drink again outside of that. Like, <laughs> uh, I like you have about a drunk show a month. So it's like, okay. <laughs> and for someone who doesn't drink a lot, I have a scary high tolerance so like i there have been drunk shows where i have about a half a bottle of whiskey for a show and i'm oh, at a geez. good level of drunk for that yeah like it's scary i'll be done that's what i but <laughs> but yeah so but that being said like i know what it's like to be hammered on stage and i don't like to be in that state for stand-up yeah when did you go from acting to stand-up then uh this coming week, I don't know when you're releasing this podcast, but May 30th is going to be my one year anniversary of stand up, actually. Wow, look at you. Starting stand up, only a year. And but... you're already like traveling and doing drunk yeah. shows. And <laughs> well, yeah, so I've been doing shit face Shakespeare for over two years. No, I'll, it'll be about two years at the end of the summer, actually. Oh, wow. Um, I became interested in stand up in a, uh, like this comedy acting class that I took at UT. And it was just like, you know, one of my acting major requirements to take this class. And it was like this old professor who like, I don't know how long ago he actually updated his syllabus. Like it was a really kind of dumb class. We learned a lot of slapstick. But one of our assignments was to pick something funny hmm. that had a YouTube clip so we could show the class the YouTube clip and then try and copy whatever had happened in the clip. So it could literally That's be interesting. Like, yeah, so it could be like it could be stand up, it could be a sketch, it could be something funny from a movie, just something that we could replicate and try and like mimic essentially. We're trying to figure out what made the thing funny. And so I chose a bit by Louis C.K. actually. <laughs> and and I just it was like a three minute bit that I found that was one of his cleaner bits where I didn't have to say like jacking off or something. Yeah. Um <laughs> relevant. And um <laughs> I was just gonna say you can tell the stories just, in the past. I was gonna say just <laughs> just, so the, just so the audience knows, I'm fully aware of the implications of this story, okay? <laughs> uh, I know what he's been up to. Um, but yeah, yeah, so I, I copied one of his bits word for word, and I was the only one in the class that the professor didn't have any negative critiques for. And I was obviously like, it's a Louis C.K. bit, so it's like a fucking good bit. Yeah. And if you're if you're good at listening to stuff and learning timing quickly, like you can copy it and you're going to kill because it's a funny joke. But that was like my first ever taste of it. But I, I didn't really like think of much of it. I was just like, oh, I just copied what this guy did. Like I'm an auditory. Yeah. Writer. It was easy for me to pick it up, whatever. You're um, like, I learned the lines. You yeah, know? essentially. You, yeah. yeah. I just listened to it. I learned the lines. It's fine. And then I graduated college and I found out that one of my friends who I knew through like fraternity life like not rela related to my performance friends at all he started doing stand-up and i was like that's so cool that's awesome and i didn't know austin was a stand-up city i would go to cap city sometimes just to watch random stuff but i had no idea it was such a big scene yeah. for like up-and-coming comics and so i kind of got back in touch with him and 
randomly ran into him when he and I were both leaving our day jobs downtown one day at the time I was working in a gym downtown on Congress and he was at some big sales firm on Congress. And I ran into him when I was walking in my car and I, he was like in this suit and he clearly just looked so unhappy and he's like waiting for an Uber (laughs) or something. And I was like, Sam, Hey, how's it going? And uh, he's like, Oh, it's fine. The workday's over. So we're good now. And I was like, dude, I saw you're doing standup. That's super cool. I want to come see you. And he goes, Oh yeah. Um, He's like, yeah, I'm working at this, this, sales place all day and then I go do stand up at night and I said how's that going for you he goes Allison I wake up every single morning and I bring myself to this office and I go straight to the bathroom first thing and I look myself in the mirror and I say Sam you're about to do something you hate for eight hours today so that you can do something you love for five minutes tonight oh geez and yeah and I got chills when he said that yeah and I was like holy fuck damn and I just remember that so clearly and it made me think for a bit because at the time I was like a struggling trainer. Like I had just graduated too. And like, I wasn't getting clients at this gym. I was driving for Lyft to make ends meet and like all this stuff. And, uh, it just made me think. And I do this thing every year where I write a letter to my future self to open in a year. Yeah. And I had just read the one for me, like for me to open after I graduated college and so I went home and I wrote down like all of the things that I was kind of upset with in my life. I was like, you feel like you don't have adult friends. You aren't performing right now. Yeah. You haven't traveled in a few years. Like you need to fix all of these things because you're unhappy right now. And unknowingly, that just kind of set off a spark, I guess. And I started hmm. kind of creeping around open mics. So this is in 2017. So this was before I got hired by Shitface Shakespeare. And uh I started creeping around some open mics that summer, just kind of watching, like, what does this even entail? Like seeing kind of the same people at different mics and realizing that it's just this little community. Yeah. And so finally Sam ran into me at one and was like, you're going to try this, aren't you? And I said, no, I don't, I don't think so. I'm just kind of watching. And he goes, no, I can see it. Like you've got the bug. You're going to try it and you're going to stick with it. And I was like, oh no. And um, and I, I tried you a, like, like a life oh, sentence. <laughs> oh my god, he did. And I see him now. He's still one of my good friends. But like, I see him now, and sometimes I'm just like, you know, you did this to me, right? <laughs> yeah, but, that's the weird yeah. thing about comedy is, uh, like in Phoenix, right? There's like so many open mics, but at the same time, yeah. is there's like I always give the example in the Facebook comedy group for Phoenix. Mm-hmm. There's like thousands. Yeah. And then you go to the open mics and you see the same maybe 30 or 40 people every week. Yeah. So it's well, like you're 30 or 40 like, like coworkers all the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But see, like I'm in the Phoenix groups. So like some of them are just people. Yeah. That, like that is true. There's true. Or, or whatever. They're coming know? through. They visit stuff like that. Like it's. Yeah. It's whatever. But at the same time, because I've been doing it for so long now that there will be a guy that I saw eight years ago and he'll be like, yeah, I'm just thinking about doing this again. Like, you know, it's like a, yeah, it's a forever thing. I hear thing. about that a lot. Like, yeah. People kind of joke like, oh yeah, well when he quit for six months and I'm just like, oh, that's so weird that like, first of all, that we refer to it as that, right? Like, oh yeah, yeah I'm going to quit comedy or like, hopefully I'm brave enough to quit comedy one day or like, I need to quit for a few months. Like, it's just a very weird to me because like, yeah. I don't know. At sounds least for like an me, addiction. When I started, yeah. Like when I like started doing it seriously. So I guess rewinds to like that summer. I like did. I think I did two or three open mics like in August of 2017. And then I got hired by Shitface Shakespeare. So I was like, okay, this will satisfy my performance urge. And it did for a little bit. But 
I just kept like thinking about stand up and I finally like got to do a trip for the first time in two or three years in spring 2018. I went to to Dublin and to London and the family that I stayed with in Dublin was like, Allison, look, you have this business that you started with online stuff. You started it intentionally online so that you could travel as much as you wanted to. You're clearly obsessed with stand up and you're not doing it. Like, why aren't you doing it? And they just kind of had to come to Jesus with me. And so as soon as I got back in town from that trip, I landed this huge online social media client and I started stand up the following week. And like, that's why I consider May 30th my actual one year, because that was when I started hitting it like every single night. It's just funny to me, like thinking about it now. I also love that uh, your trips are always to like really cool places in your stories. You're like, I drove to California and had this coming to Jesus. No, (laughs) you were like, a lot of like those. You, you, uh, yeah, left the country. Yeah. No, I, I love traveling with the the world, but I mean, like you said, our, our country is super cool too. I, I had never been to LA before 2018 and between August 2018 and now May 2019, I have been to LA four times. Yeah. Like, you know, so that's like, uh, years ago, I was like never to Seattle before. Right. Like there was like, but then like in one year I had like eight shows in Seattle. You know, like yeah. it, it, yeah. so. So it's just like this. Like it is a weird thing where you're like, "Huh, I wonder what that place is like." And then you're like, "No, I've I've seen that place a lot now." <laughs> like, right? <laughs> you're like, I arguably know my way around this place now. <laughs> yeah, it's weird how yeah. it happens like that. Or like, I'm flying this weekend to Indianapolis, and when I lived in Louisville, I used to travel up to go to the open mics. Now and now I'm like back in Phoenix, and I'm like traveling back to Indianapolis again. <laughs> You know, so it's just like the, yeah. everything's like reoccurring for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Phoenix is interesting. I love y'all scene is so weird. I love oh, it. Man, it's like, the weirdest. I love it. And it's, it, but it's funny because like, I mean, the first time I tried doing stuff in that scene was I was literally only four months in, I think when I <laughs> flew out there and it was because that social media marketing client that I had is he's based in Phoenix. Oh, so nice. I flew out there for like a business thing. And then I was like, hey, why don't I just use this as an excuse to try and do comedy in another city? Yeah. And, you know, I hit these very weird mics. uh, Yeah. Well, (laughs) for some reason, someone decided it was okay to put me on a show. And so I like got to do a show and then I ended up doing all right. So like other people invited me to their show. So I ended up doing four shows the weekend that I was there, which was fun. That's the fun Uh, thing about traveling as a comedian is uh, it's like an unspoken rule of, uh, if you're like just passing through and you're okay they'll, at comedy, like you get put yeah. on everything. Yeah, they'll like expedite it because you're kind of fresh meat for the town. So like yeah. they haven't heard your spiel before. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, they're like, let's wear yeah. this out real quick. Yeah. But it's just funny because like that trip made connections for me. Like I got to meet Tristan and I got to meet Mike Turner. And yeah, um, Tristan's been yeah. on the podcast and is a good I, friend of me. I love Tristan. I'm obsessed with him. It sounds so creepy, but I yeah, he's a little boy. He's he is a child. (laughs) I know. I always forget that. You know, because Tristan and I, we used to like. I was his neighbor for a while, and yeah, uh, yeah, so we used to just like carpool to open mics. And (laughs) when you're like hanging out with this kid, you're like, yeah, this is cool. Like whatever. Like you forget he's a comic. And then one day, I went to carpool with him, and he was hanging out with like kids from high school. (laughs) 
And then I was like, oh, like there was like this weird bubble burst where I was like, oh, yeah, he's a child. Like, <laughs> in high school. Yeah. Yeah. When I met him, he was 17 years old doing stand up. Yeah, he started comedy when he was 16. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. But he's so fucking good at it. And he's like, great. He's, he's so good. He's so good. Yeah. But it's, yeah, I'm like a mega fan of his and stumbled onto This Week Sucks Tonight. So that's actually the one time I've ever performed stand up drunk was oh, the geez. first time I did This Week Sucks Tonight. And I had like done third space earlier that night mm-hmm. and I did well. And so one of the guys that was on third space with me was like, yeah, I'm actually like, I have this spot on this other show. And he kind of explained the premise of This Week Sucks Tonight. <laughs> You're like, that sounds and terrible. Like, Why would I do that? I was like, that sounds <laughs> awful and awesome. And I want to watch yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And he goes, well, like, you're only here for this week. Like, I'll, you can take my spot. So I was like, what? And Oh, that's cool. I, that's nice yeah, of him. So yeah. So I went and they like slipped my name on instead of his. And I was like, sure, I'll have some whiskey. <laughs> yeah. So I, that was when they were at Crescent Ballroom, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So this week sucks is a show that does like the news updates. They show memes or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then the other half is like they do like a bunch of stand up guests. But the thing is, they will talk during your set or yeah. uh, judge your comedy during I, your set. And uh, yeah. And it used to be at Crescent Ballroom, and then they recently moved it to Stand Up Live. And that was actually yeah. the first time I ever did. This week sucks was their first week at Stand Up Live. At Stand Up Live. Yeah. It was a different energy at Crescent for sure because I did their fourth ever one at Stand Up Live when the, the last time I was in town. Oh, okay. But it was funny. Yeah. So it was funny because I always liken it as weekend update meets kill Tony a little bit. Like it's. Yeah. It's that's very, a good, that's a good way of saying it. Yeah, because they do. Like, if you're doing well, they're not necessarily going to interrupt you as much or if they don't know you as well. Yeah. So they were pretty nice to me the first time I went up. But, like, this past time, I knew Mike a little better. And I knew he and I had hung out the night before. Like, we went out after a show, just us and a bunch of the comedians. And, like, we had been riffing on stuff. So I, like, had in the back of my head, okay, Mike knows that I can riff with him. He's going to be mean to me during my set. And, yeah, Anwar was, like, trying to play nice cop. But Mike and I were just kind of, like, bickering (laughs) during during my set, trying to, like, be the funnier one. But, yeah, I've known I've known those guys forever and uh, yeah they're so cool I'm yeah like they're great there too but it's, it's a cool little scene you guys got there but yeah i think i ended up doing seven shows last time i came through see yeah, that's nuts because like you go to like some scenes when i'm like traveling through and i'm like headlining a bar in the middle of a cornfield and yep. then like <laughs> all three comics from that town come to the show and then they're like yeah we got this one open mic at a bar and you have to hold a rooster and it's only once a month (laughs) and besides that we have to travel eight hours to do stand-up and i'm like why are you here (laughs) like yeah and sometimes they're very funny people and you're like yeah go elsewhere (laughs) that's my my question i'm like if you're i mean i guess like the only situation really is like if you're a farmer and you just fucking (laughs) love being a farmer like you kind of have to live out there but yeah like most comics have like a day job at a restaurant or something yeah yeah like very replaceable jobs <laughs> yeah like why not move that was very similar to bozeman montana yeah. i love that town it's beautiful but that's actually the first town that i did stand up outside of austin because i went there for some other health thing and i, just <laughs> I was gonna say happened. that's a very random place to like just yeah, travel for yeah. stand up yeah, no, it just so happened that like I Googled Bozeman open mics and there's like one that happens bi weekly on a Wednesday. Yeah. And so I went and I did it and 
you get five minutes and I was trying to talk with some of the comics afterwards, but they seemed very wary that there wasn't like someone from out, out of town in and yeah. they didn't really want to like tell me about the house mics that happened. But like that was the only <laughs> public one that happened. It was very odd. It so. is weird. Uh, I, I tell this story every once in a while to like my friends. I don't think I've told it on the podcast about how like I won't name the city or the comedy <laughs> club, but I was on tour. And I came through the city and it was exactly that where I had a day (laughs) off and it was a Wednesday and there was an open mic at the club. Uh And I was like, oh, perfect. Right. So I show up and there's this long line of people waiting to sign up. And I'm like, Uh okay. So I'm standing in line and uh, I have a buddy of mine with me that's like also on tour with me. And Mm -hmm. uh, we get up to the front and the guy working the door goes, sorry, man, all filled up. Oh, my God. And I, like, waited, like, an hour and a half. And then I had to, like, I was, like, is there any way I could, you know, I'm, like, explaining my situation. I'm, like, I don't live here. Yeah. You know, I'm on tour. Like, I'm not intruding. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And then, like, the manager came out and she, like, like, interviewed me. And she was like, how long have you been doing it? Why are you here? Like, I felt like I was getting my passport stamped, you know, like, (laughs) like all these like questions. And I was like, I was really just trying to play it. Like, I'm just a comic, just a comic. And they put me on and they let me pick my spot. And so I just went in the middle of the show. I was like, I'm not going to like interrupt or, you know, whatever. And they're like, they gave me the same amount of time as everyone else. And so I was just added to the list. And yeah, all the other comics like didn't want to talk to me because they're just like, who's this stranger? And why is he yeah. here? <laughs> and I'm just like, so funny. Yeah. I'm like, you guys should adventure out, like meet more people. <laughs> I know. Well, that's like the, yeah, it, it seems like there's kind of these two different mentalities that I've noticed in st- actually three. I think I texted them to my friend the other day because I was like, this is so weird. It seems like there's the people who are the local scene like empire growers right like they're they're very big in the scene and they're good and they could go somewhere else and try and make it they just for whatever reason don't right there's the people who are like only in the scene to get good before they move like they're there like to kind of build their chops before they actively do move to somewhere like new york or la and try to get representation or whatever and then there's like the people in the scene who are like road comics like they're in the scene but they're not really in the scene like they come through and they're good and they live in austin or whatever and they everyone knows them like they know they live here they're welcome at the stuff they do well they'll get booked when they're in town but we all also know that they're going to travel a lot and like hit other scenes yeah and and that kind of seems like the three different sentiments i see in other scenes too but yeah, you, I think you nailed it. Like that's uh, yeah. that's like a, a very clean way to say what happens in comedy scenes. And I definitely I fall under the road one. But the thing about being a road comic in your hometown, uh, sometimes people think you just quit comedy. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's my like thing. I'll show like, up I and they'll be like, oh, you were you're doing it again. <laughs> you're here. Yeah. Well, that's, that's getting back to like the whole phrase of did you quit comedy? Like, that's exactly what happened to me last night. I haven't been to an open mic in probably a month. Well, yeah, I hadn't been to an open mic in Austin in about a month because I either had shows or I was out of town. Yeah. Um, I hit mics in other cities or I did shows in other places. But 
yeah, I like hadn't been to an actual open mic to work on some bullshit material that I knew was going to bomb for like a month. <laughs> and so everyone like was welcoming me back and someone was like, Hey, you look like you've lost weight. And like, just all, like, Oh my God, how long have I not been here? What yeah. is going on? Like, Are you, but, is everything okay? What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> these guys. Uh, that's <laughs> but, so funny. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that's very true. And I don't know, like, like I mentioned the friend that wants to move to London. He did it because he knows he likes stand up, but he also wants to travel. So he very much is on like, I want to be a road comic trajectory. Yeah. And I'm kind of seeing the merit to that myself. I mean, I've dabbled with the idea of eventually moving to to L.A. or New York or London, I guess, counts as one of the hubs to get representation, too. But I mean, at the end of the day, I do really like the freedom of just like having a place where it costs less to live than those places. Yeah. And yeah. traveling to see the world. One of my last times that I went out to LA, it just, I've never been a big fan. Uh, first off, I have so much anxiety and social anxiety that like, yeah, like big places like that, like give me a lot. It's just uh, too much. And mm-hmm. uh, one of the first times I was in LA, I was at an open mic and everyone was asking what my Instagram was. And for some yeah. reason that just put me in a panic where I was like, why, why are we talking about this? And then the last time I was in LA, I was there visiting some friends and we went to an open mic and it was just seeing 80 versions of me, like physically, yeah. you know, where it's just white guys with glasses. And I was just like, oh no, like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. I, I like, yeah. much prefer the road where I'm the only one of me in that, <laughs> at that bar in the middle of nowhere right now, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, no, my friend, uh, my friend, Mike Eaton, he actually came through Phoenix a week or two ago. Yeah, but, yeah. I was gonna say that sounds yeah. really familiar. I love him. He he did this week sucks. Um, oh, and okay, I got, yeah, yeah. He was there the week Kill Tony was there, but yeah, I love him. But he moved to LA. Like he literally started comedy a year ago, like last week. So he started around the same time I did. I met him in Austin, and he pretty quickly made the decision to just jump on out to LA. Wow. I mean, he's been making big strides out there. He's got a couple shows and a mic, and yeah, uh, he's actually got. A, manager already which is cool um, yeah some some people are just like they yeah they just wake he, up and they go yep i'm now in la and it's going well <laughs> and you're just like, Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but you know he, he's been one of the major proponents of like allison move out here come on let's do it like you yeah. can do it and all that stuff and and i see where he's coming from but he also made this comment move to la you'll never be unique again <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was like, that's so true. Oh my gosh. That's the perfect like, that's, way of saying that's it. That's the feeling that that city gives you. And I just yeah. very vividly remember, I think I was there in February and I was sitting in some vegan cafe in West Hollywood before I show. Yeah. And I was sitting there eating an early dinner by myself. And it was, ju- it just hit me that I was in the middle of this giant metropolis mm-hmm. in a not very safe part of town eating dinner by myself and I knew no one and I was like this is crazy to me and that just makes like your point about a lot of cities feeling the same I just felt like that in that moment I was like this is every big city in the world yeah 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 so crazy you're just there yeah yeah uh, one time I was in LA and my friend took me to a a donut shop that had gluten-free donuts introduced me and said Zach's a comedian he doesn't live here and then literally all four people that were working there do stand up and i was oh my god like that's like (laughs) like the perfect la experience where they're like oh you're a comedian also us also everyone in this room yeah yeah Yeah, i was as i was sitting in that vegan cafe i'm just sitting at the bar and like 
the two servers behind the bar. I mean, I had talked with them a little bit, but like one of them showed up, you know, later than the other. So they were saying, Hey, like, how's it going? And one of them was like, Oh yeah, well my audition earlier yeah. today. <laughs> and I was just like, Oh my God. <laughs> it's the script for any CW show where they're just like, yeah. Oh man, I think I got that part. Yeah. As they walk geez. into the restaurant. <laughs> I know. Just, yeah. But it, it is funny. Like, People ask me the question like you did earlier, you know, how did the switch to stand up happen? And this might sound super anti PC. It's not meant to. But the only way I, the only way I've been able to describe it is like I have always loved being on stage. Like I have gone. I mean, I play cello. So like I was an orchestra kid growing up. I did see that. I, video. I seen even posting videos of you. Yeah, playing. I just finally like started playing again last week and I'm like obsessed again. Yeah, um, I was like, you know, when you're like clicking through Instagram stories <laughs> and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden your friend's playing a cello. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I know people responded very heavily to that first video. They're like, what the fuck are you up to? Like, what do you actually do? Anyways, but, I didn't mean to interrupt your story. No, 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 it's good. But I realized, like, yeah, I love acting. I love singing. I love making music, like all those things. And, and I'm absolutely scared shitless to get on stage anytime I do it. But I stand up is just a whole different feeling. And since starting it, I feel like a gay person who finally realized like, oh, I've just been gay the whole time. Like, <laughs> oh, like I was just a stand-up comedian the whole time. <laughs> and that's what I've been trying to figure out. Like <laughs> Uh, yeah, I know what you're getting at because anytime I try something new, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I uh, stand up the thing. Yeah, because I've questioned it a lot. I mean, like, I'm still, I'm still considered a baby in the stand up world. And so people are kind of like, oh, are you having fun with it? Like, are you sticking with it? How serious are you? Yeah. Whatever. And, and for me, like, I mean, I'm a very, like, I like to follow my gut type thing, you know, similar with the food stuff, just what makes me feel good. And if I'm scared to do something, that's usually a sign that it's the thing I should be doing. <laughs> and I'm so terrified of stand up every single time I have any sort of important show. Like I just have started getting over the open mic terror. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I mean, it's, just, it depends when you travel. Yeah, sometimes you're at an open mic and you're like, I might just get stabbed here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Not to mention names, but there was definitely one I did in uh, Phoenix where I was like, oh, my God, I might get shot tonight. Like I texted the host before I got out of my car and was like, is this the right address? <laughs> yeah. But well, there's a yeah. to, to tie it into Phoenix. There is one in Phoenix where I was like, I think I might get stabbed here. And then yeah. a month ago, four people the got one. stabbed there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But but yeah, it's the. Uh, and I don't know, like I said, I have major stage fright. No one believes me when I say that because I have generally good stage presence. But like I attribute that to the fact that I've been doing like been acting since sixth grade. So like, I yeah, just, well, know, that, that probably like that. just I mean, that's probably a good thing to have because it probably keeps you in the moment. You know, like aware, yeah. like, like awake, I should say, you know, versus yeah, like, uh, you know, I feel like there was like a turning point where I started going to so many open mics when I was like new that yeah. like, I was just like, yeah, whatever type of like, you know, like, <laughs> I don't care how this goes. I don't care what's happening. You know, it's just kind of like yeah. you become so blah, but like right. uh, being like a little anxious or whatever, it could really just pull you back in. 
I'm sure. Yeah, last night's a good example. I went up and I tried all new stuff. Half of it worked, half of it was terrible. And like, I was scared last night because I went into it knowing like I hadn't fully structured one of my jokes yet. And I needed to get on stage and just say the half done thing to see what it sounded like. Yeah. And you know, sometimes you need to do that. And I, I went into it knowing I probably wasn't going to do very well. And it still doesn't feel any better when you bomb, but like <laughs> that makes yeah. me nervous. But you know, yeah. it's a mic where I genuinely like don't care. Sometimes I do really well. Sometimes I don't because I don't care. Yeah. I think that's important, but, but yeah, I just, it's a different kind of fear like than I've ever experienced. And, and with the awareness thing too, acting helps with stage awareness and presence awareness yeah but it is a completely different type of awareness that stand-up requires because you're not going line for line you're going like where the laughs and like yeah yeah and like i had never i mean you're trained mostly as an actor to ignore the audience and that's (laughs) not what you should do as a (laughs) stand-up you know pretty much maybe Maybe you're at a terrible bar you should the only audience like interaction that you really do as an audience member is knowing when to hold for a laugh I guess. And even then, like you're only a little bit taught that. So still you'll step on laughs half the time as an actor. Yeah, um, for sure. But with stand up, like it's more fun for the audience if you like actively look at them and pick people out in the audience and like mention things or do callbacks or whatever. Even if it is just a matter of you reciting your jokes and knowing when to pause for the laughter or when to not pause if you think there's going to be a laugh but then there isn't you know yeah Um, something i've been really big into lately is like making sure every show is unique in some way and not just mm -hmm. like i always do my jokes like 75 percent like done and then 25 or whatever percent of just kind of like improv-y how i get there type of vibe yeah but recently i've been playing around with like the whole show like maybe mm-hmm. how i come on the stage or something you know like i did a show and i was headlining the show recently and at the beginning of it i didn't like their energy so i just mm-hmm. kept leaving and then coming back and making them like, <laughs> clap again and then being like i don't i don't know guys and i would even like what i would do it i would like start a joke and then yeah. in the middle of it, I'll be like, I, no, I don't like this. And then I would leave again <laughs> and come back. And it like woke them up. You know, they're like in That's it then. Funny. And it made the show yeah. like a unique. Because all the rest of my jokes, it's like maybe something you saw online or something new I'm working on or, you know. Yeah. Or like That's just solid funny. jokes. But I want you to be like, yeah, but you really got to see him live. That's yeah. the vibe I want to give off at least. Yeah, no, I definitely did a bar show two weeks ago that like, it was like me and then there were three male comics on it and I was like right in the middle and I had the shortest time and it was just like a perfect scenario of like I'm used to being the only girl on the lineup but like the first two guys (laughs) like didn't do super hot and so I came on to like pretty bad energy to the to the audience already and And I just called them out is also a lady (laughs) yeah yeah so I, I came on and I called them out I was like really excited for these funeral vibes guys Oh, and just like point it, you know, and like just point it out like, sorry, I brought my ovaries to the show. Yeah. Um, you know, they needed to book one female on here, but don't worry to make up for the fact that I'm in the minority. They also gave me the least amount of time. <laughs> and just like, you know, just kind of like doing yeah. stupid because t- like, and that's not my style at all. I really don't get all feminist on stage usually, but like I needed to wake this audience up. Yeah. And also and, just like pull apart the situation, you know? Yeah. You know, yeah. pull it out. 
And it was funny too. I've started noticing myself if like a joke doesn't do as well as I want it to. Like it's pretty obvious to the audience. I come on stage with my phone and I put it on the on the stool or whatever so it's recording because I yeah. typically don't have pockets that I can hold it in. Yeah. So like they see me put my phone down on the stool. And so I make it very obvious pretty early. If I do a joke and it doesn't do as well as I want, I'll like turn to my phone and say, hey, Allison, when you're listening to this recording later, make sure to fix that joke. And like that in itself turns into a bit and the audience thinks it's funnier every single time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, that's good. I uh, the only phone thing I ever did was one time I was on tour and I did like a show in like Nashville and it went extremely well. And then Mm. the next day I did it at a bar in the middle of nowhere and it went terrible and yep. I was like 15 minutes in and I go listen guys I'm doing the same jokes that I did yesterday <laughs> and it crushed and so then I pulled up my phone and I played oh, no. them the recording of yesterday <laughs> of going well for like 20 minutes and then I yeah. was like done and I was like that's <laughs> that's like how I ended it <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> yeah yeah that's crazy have you like I mean, you've traveled way more than I have, but even just in like the couple of scenes that I've gotten to do, different jokes land differently at different points. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Like, yeah, it's just so interesting to me. It's um, like you, you don't know. Like sometimes like your weaker joke is like your best joke that night yeah. for some reason. Or like I just or, had like, I just had in Yakima. I was in Yakima yeah. and they were loving it. And then I did my joke about monuments which was like lately has been like towards the end of my show and sometimes is even my closer and Mm -hmm. uh, just like dead silence, just dead. And I was like, you guys don't like monuments. Like it was this weird, like realize I'm like, yeah, okay. And I like worked it from a different angle and they were just like, yeah, no. And then I just told a different joke. I just switched topics and they were right back in. They were like loving it. But for some reason, Yakima doesn't want to hear about monuments. I don't know. <laughs> I'll well, keep that in mind. Yeah, if um, you write, just make a side note on your set list. No <laughs> monuments mentioned. All right. <laughs> oh man. But um, yeah. let's uh, to wrap it up. Uh, where can uh, people find you on the internet? Yeah, I'm too much on the internet. Um, <laughs> my uh, my uh, my Instagram is Aliwo A L L I W O. And people call um, you that too. That is a nickname of mine. Yes. Yeah. Uh, people, people do call me Aliwo. Um, and then, yeah, on YouTube, it's the Aliwo. Same with Twitter. Um, nice. Yeah. Those are, those are the places. Very professional of you Twitter. to have it all match. <laughs> yeah. My website's even Aliwo.com. I bought my full name too, but no one wants to spell my last name. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. And then I'm on twitter is uh zach lyman and then on instagram zach lyman podcast you can find me there ali thanks you so much for being on the podcast and uh, yeah go follow her and find her in all of her travels hell yeah thanks for having me on this was a good talk yeah it was a good time <laughs>